If you have your Bibles, we're in Psalm 19 this morning. I mentioned walking through a summer in the Psalms and taking a different Psalm each Sunday. And today we are in Psalm 19. And the theme around this Psalm is glory revealed and how God has revealed himself in just in very specific ways. And Psalm 19 is going to detail for us three specific ways uh, that God does reveal his glory. Uh, we have a mission as a, of, as a church. Uh, we just had our first step class. We offer that the first Sunday of every other month. And, and in, our, in our time in that first step class, it's all about who we are, what we believe, and how to get connected. And, and one of the joys of having that time is to just refocus on the mission of our church because God, through his word, has given us a mission. Uh, that mission is that we would be multiplying disciples for the glory of God and the mission of God. And as we talk about the glory of God, it, it can be kind of one of those things where like, I know what glory is, um, but it can kind of be challenging at times to put words to it. And so it has been defined in different ways that the glory of God has been displayed or been defined as the incomparable eternal beauty of everything God is and every way he's made himself known to us, that it has been defined as a display, that God's glory is the display of his magnificence. It is his power on display. And so even as we talk about the desire of God to glorify himself through our lives or that we would give glory to God with our lives, what we are saying is that from our lives and out of our lives, that people would see the magnificent beauty of the incomparable one true only God through our lives, through what we think, through what we say, how we live out our lives. So King David's going to talk about glory in a couple different ways. But before we jump into that, I want to ask a question, okay? And, and this, is a, this is a tricky question to ask uh, kind of as a, as a preacher, okay? Because I'm going to invite everybody to close their eyes, okay? And hopefully in a minute, everybody will wake up, right? So I want to invite you to close your eyes, a little group participation. I want you to close your eyes, because sometimes it's easier to focus when we close our eyes. You don't have to, but I encourage you, close your eyes. And here is the question. I want you to think back to a time and a place, a time and a place where you were absolutely stunned and in awe of God's glory through his creation. I want to say it one more time. I want you to think about a time, think about a place where you were absolutely stunned and in awe of the glory and wonder of God at what you saw in creation. Are you there? All right. Now, open your eyes or hopefully everybody will open their eyes up, right? That's a gift. That's a gift. That's, that, that is a gift from the Lord is that whatever that place was, that time was where we were in complete awe and even stunned at the glory of God that God allowed us that opportunity to see that, to experience that. I, I have a couple of those moments that just jump to the top of my heart, but 
one that jumped in just even as I was preparing, even thinking about Psalm 19 and even just the first couple of verses uh, was I was uh, on a mission trip in Brazil and we were somewhere in the Amazon and somewhere on the Amazon River and we were sleeping overnight on the Amazon. And you have these boats where they have hooks running down each side of the boat and you string your hammock up and you sleep in a hammock over overnight on the Amazon. And as you can imagine, there's not a lot of lights in the Amazon. <laughs> there's not a lot of electricity running through those uh, jungles and, and such. And so literally at night, it's night. It's as dark a night as it's going to get. And so when it came time to, to, to bed down, the, the boat lights shut off and literally it's the darkest of night. And I wasn't 100% ready to bed down. And so I got up and I walked to the front of the bow, the bow of the boat. And I sat on the, the kind of the hood of the boat. And I leaned my back up against the glass where the, the boat captain would drive. And I just looked up. And y'all, I've seen starry skies before. But I've never seen a starry night like there in the Amazon. I saw what would be called the dust strings of the Milky Way galaxy. Just sitting there in awe and wonder of being amongst the hundreds of billions of stars and planets in our universe. And just remember sitting on that boat in the Amazon River, just being completely in awe of God's creation and the glory of God through creation. And I guess with each day, all of us get a little bit older, don't we? Like, we're older today than we were yesterday. We'll be older the next day than we were today. And it seems like with those passing days, it seems like more and more I am in more awe and more wonder of God's glory through creation. Like sunrises, I, I, I see them differently now as I did maybe even years ago. Seeing a sunset, I see it in a different way maybe than I did years ago. Just the wonder and awe of God's creation. And as we'll see in Psalm 19, though we may not realize it or even sense it at times, God is preaching a sermon every single day, all day long and all night long. He's preaching a message all day, day after day, and he's preaching a message night after night. And he's preaching this powerful message about his glory that he has been made known, that he has made known to us as people. So King David wrote this song. We don't know when he wrote it, but if you're familiar with his story, he spent the first however many years of his life as a shepherd in the fields of Bethlehem. That he shepherded flocks and no doubt there would be many nights where he would be tending the flock or maybe protecting the flock. And so his nights, many of them perhaps spent out in a wilderness type setting. But how many nights do you think there were that, that King David, or not king at that point, but young David would look up and just be in awe and wonder of God? No doubt that God would even use that time to shape the convictions that he has, even as he wrote Psalm 19, as a, you know, at whatever point of his journey or his life that he did, the glory of his creator. So the main idea of Psalm 19 this morning is that we would see and know that God has revealed his glory through his creation, through his word, and through his people. Through creation, through his word, through people. And so the first uh, observation is his creation reveals the glory of God. Let's look at verse one together, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. 
and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And in them he has set a tent for the sun. King David is in awe of the creation of God. But even in the language he used, the heavens declare, what he's saying is, the heavens are preaching a message. The heavens are speaking. God is speaking to us. He's declaring. He's preaching His glory. That when you see the glory of God, all the glory of the heavens point not to the heavens or creation themselves, but point to God as the creator of them. That the world, that, the, that, that, that God is revealing all day and all night who he is and his power and his might. Now here's what we know, is that, that there are no shortage of explanations and even theories about how all of this started. How the sun became the sun and how the heavens became the heaven. And, and here's the reality, as long as there is opposition to God and the truth of God's word, there will always be opposing voices to what God has created and has made known to us in his grace and in his love. That I remember, I grew up in Corinth, so not far from here, but I remember opening up the science books and we read the different theories like Big Bang Theory. And my teacher at the time, a, a, a believer, I remember her you know, saying what the book said, but then she said, now let me tell y'all about, uh, about God and his design for creation. And so as we feel, we can feel the, even just the, secu the secularization of our culture, that more and more this exposure to how everything began, that, 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 that somehow that in this just, this incredible accident and this incredible chance that from celestial ooze, what we know now has happened as a result of the right kind of temperature combined with some kind of matter and some type of celestial ooze. And the question that I have is, well, where did the ooze come from? Like nothing can come from nothing. Something only comes from a creator, a designer. And so what we see and know is not a cosmic chance, but rather it's the design of God. I mean, I, I get amazed at facts about just the, our universe, but just here's a few that amaze me. The earth is situated 94 million miles from the sun. It's a burning star. It's about 10, 12,000 degrees. And we're just so situated that if we were a little bit closer, we would melt. And if we were just a little bit further away, we would be a frozen wasteland. That if the moon were just a little bit closer, our tides and continents would be overwhelmed and inundated with tidal waves. That the atmosphere is a perfect mixture of just enough nitrogen and just enough oxygen that it sustains life. 
that just a slight change in the mass of a proton would result in the dissolution of a hydrogen atom that would result in the destruction of the universe. And yet, some would say this is some just amazing chance that us, here we are in our 37.2 trillion cells that make up every person. Like just the glory of God has been revealed in creation. That I am wearing a watch right now. It's not a fancy watch. I think it's one of those Iron Man Timex watches. And uh, if, if, if we see a watch, how many of you are wearing watches? You go to a watch store or a watch department. Who looks at a watch and goes, wow, that watch created itself. As intricate and detailed as it is, it just, it, just, it just happened. Or there are art fans in the house and you go to an art museum and you walk in and you see all these paintings and you see these amazing creations like we don't look at that and, and just and be like, wow, like this just happened. Like this, this, this paint somehow was formed and somehow ended in place just like this. No, it, the painting points to the painter. The watch speaks to the designer. Um, some of you live in homes, apartments. Maybe you're building a home. Maybe you are. But, but nobody drives by a subdivision or a home and be like, wow, look at that home. It, it built itself. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, no. Like, that doesn't just happen. You got you to gotta have the designer, the architect, the workers that lay the foundation, the beams, the, the studs, the drywall, the electrical, like all of that as a result of a designer. And so this is what creation does. Creation points us points us to the designer. One uh, famous astronomer, a guy by the name of Frederick Hoyle, said this way about the probability of just this kind of big bang theory. And he said this, it's the, be about the same probability as a tornado sweeping through a junkyard and assembling a 747 ready to fly. Like it just, it just is impossible there has to be a designer. There has to be a creator. And the glory of God points us to the creator and who he is. He goes on to speak about the sun in verse 4. Speaking about the words, their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And in them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. Think about it. All of us probably walk, woke up and from the distance of our our home or to our car or from that parking lot into this building, you felt the warmth of that sun against you. Everybody does. That our axis is on such a tilt that we revolve 365 days around the sun and in that experience these four seasons and just the the, the sun, at least as far as my lifetime, has always risen and the sun has always set. Our world, I'm amazed right now, you're sitting, I'm standing. It's amazing that we're not sitting on our heads right now because the world, we're rotating right now. 
Isn't that just amazing? It's incredible. It all points to God as creator. It amazed me back in October, I had the opportunity to go to uh, Nepal on a mission trip and, 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 and it's on the other side of the world. And so even before we were going, it was like, okay, talking to the family, okay, we'll call, we'll FaceTime. I don't know what that's going to be like, but we'll figure it out. Well, it just so happened that we were at the point of the earth where when I was getting up, I was greeting them from the future. <laughs> uh, it was like 13.45 minutes uh, ahead. And, and so as I woke up, I was tucking them in, the kids in at night. And when I was getting ready to go to bed, they were getting up to start their day. And I'd already lived the day that they were about to, at least as far as the sunshine goes. Like, it's just amazing. God has set this whole thing up. The heavens declare the glory of God. God is preaching a message for all of the world to be in awe and wonder of who he is. And yet God in his word has told us this. There is not a single person who is without excuse to know the glory of God. That in Romans chapter 1, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church in Rome, says this, For his, God's, invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, his glory, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. His creation reveals His glory. And we also see now King David turns from the heavens to the Scriptures. He turns from the heavens to the Word. Because God has been so gracious not only to reveal Himself and His glory in all of creation, but He has also chosen to give us that special revelation of His Word. The Word reveals the glory of God. Verse 7, the Bible says this, and, and King David, just so you know, he's going to rattle off all kinds of different names for the Word of God. And we're going to hear it in all kinds of different ways, but it's all speaking about the Word of God. So King David says this, verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true, and the righteous all together. Again, it's so good. God has not only graciously revealed his glory to us in all of creation, but then he gives us his very word, the only way and truth that makes all of this even make sense. I mean, because think about it. The Bible begins in Genesis. That word Genesis means beginning. And God has graciously told us, what has happened in the beginning? Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. How is it so intricate? How, how the, trillions, the trillions of cells, how the billions of stars, how the planets, how the sun, how the moon, how the axis, how the all of that, how, how, how? God says, I will tell you how. Genesis chapter 1, and in day 1, he says, let there be light, and there is. Day two, atmosphere. Day three, dry ground and plants. Day four, sun, moon, 
stars, day five birds and sea creatures, day six land animals and humans, and day seven rest. God has created. And I love how after each creation and each day, he says the word, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it wasn't until he had created the the crowning jewel of creation, and that he has created mankind in his own image, male and female, he created them, which in our culture, with attack on gender, God has clearly laid out that God has created them, male and female. He is the one who provides all truth to understand and how to make sense of everything we see in our world. It begins with creation, how everything began. He continues through the fall. This is why things are broken in our world, because man has departed from God's design and gone their own way. It's called sin. That breaks the relationship with God. But that next big theme of God's word is redemption and that God loves you so much that he came lived a life we could never live, died on a cross to pay the price for our sin, rose from the dead, and so that all who would repent and believe would be saved. And then there are new beginnings that are coming, new heaven, new earth, make all things new. And yet God lovingly didn't just reveal himself in the glory of the heavens, he has revealed himself in the glory of the word, the law, the testimony, the precepts, the commandment, the fear of the Lord, the rules, he says, they're perfect, they're sure, they're right, they're pure, they're clean, they're true. He says it revives the soul. It speaks of refreshment. I want you to think of being how just extreme, an extreme thirst. I want you to imagine you are crawling across a desert. And I want you to imagine that in God's grace, he has a large, cool glass of ice water that's just sitting right there and it refreshes you. The word of God refreshes and revives. King David says the word makes the wise, makes wise the simple. And this isn't an insult, but rather that word simple means it's the one who is open to learning truth open to hearing truth. If you are open to hearing and learning the truth, God will grant you divine wisdom on how to make sense of all of this world that we see and experience. To enlighten our eyes is to shed light on our path. I mean, I'm thinking nobody likes to stumble around in the dark. Like it always helps to have that light, that night light. Even King David said it this way, The word is a lamp into my feet, and anybody know it? A light into my path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight, and he'll use his word to do it. I just wonder, in this room right now, how many of us are pondering, working through, discerning major questions, major decisions And do we consult the word of truth that sheds light and wisdom on how and how best to honor and glorify the Lord? He says the word endures forever and is righteous all together. That in the word, God has given design for absolutely everything. He's given design for 
for our friendships. He's given design for our, 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 our relationships, our marital relationships, our neighbor relationships. He's given design for stewardship. He's given design for work ethic. He's given a design for all things, our heart, how we relate with people, how we're to love him and how to love people. God has graciously given his word. In verse 10, this is why King David can say this, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned in keeping them. There is great reward. Do you hear the treasure King David has of the word of God? He says it is to be more desired than gold, even much fine gold. Now, I know we have our kiddos with us through the summer, and, and, and uh, I'm thinking maybe all of us like watching cartoons and stuff like that, right? I never stopped liking cartoons, watching cartoons. When I was growing up, I remember uh, watching the DuckTales a lot. And, and if you ever watch the DuckTales, you know Uncle Scrooge has the big money bin. And uh, I always used to be amazed at how that duck could swim through that water. I'm like, I mean, through that money. I'm like, that would be hard. Like, you can't do that. But he could, because he's a cartoon, obviously. But, but I share that because of this. Imagine if there were a real life, real life money bin. Like, real life. Like, it's all yours. It's all yours. The money bin is choice A. And then over here is choice B. And over here is the word of truth. It is God's precepts. It is his law. It is his testimony. It is a witness to who he is. It is his word. And let's just be honest. You can have either. Which one are you going for? And I, I say that because this. Because King David had had a lot of ups and downs in his life. A lot of ups and downs. A lot of twists and turns. But King David has understood something that is so important that we can all learn from and glean from. And that is this, is there are all kinds of stuff that money can buy, but there are some things money can't buy. Money can't buy you peace. Money can't buy you lasting satisfaction. Money can't buy you a relationship with God. Money can't make things right in this world that are broken. Only through the shed blood of Jesus and his glorious resurrection can we truly experience peace. And for King David, for him, it would be more desired than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned in keeping them there is great war. Here's the thing. There's all kinds of very exciting promises in the word. Praise God. And there are also warnings in the word. And there are also those truths that aren't as easily digestible because we understand the sacrifice that it calls for and the challenge even against our flesh that it calls for. And what we see in David, David understood that he was a sinful man and how he desperately needed the word. King David wrote this in Psalm 19, how can a young man keep his way pure by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wonder from your command your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. David treasured that word. 
D.L. Moody was a famous preacher from years back, and he said, the sin will keep you from the word, and word will keep you from the sin. But King David had this high view of Scripture, and God help us to have a high view of Scripture. God has revealed His glory through creation. He has revealed His glory through the Word, and we'll land with God's glory through His people. Through His people. Verse 12, the Bible says, Who can discern His errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins, and let them not have dominion over me. And then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. I want to hold there just for a second because, again, we don't know when King David wrote this. But as we have been gifted with the Scriptures, we do understand that he had quite a journey. That he was, I guess, the least of his brothers as a shepherd boy in Bethlehem. That when Samuel came by to anoint the next king, let's just say David didn't even get invited to be considered. He was still out there tending sheep. Uh, We know that David uh, was that shepherd boy who ran up to the army line and the nation of Israel under King Saul is being threatened by Philistines and the great giant Goliath and they're terrified and and little soon-to-be King David runs up and he's just like, what are you scared about? Nobody's going to talk about God that way. And you know the rest of the story. We know that he... Uh, had access into King Saul's throne. Uh, We know that he married one of King Saul's daughters. We also know King Saul tried to kill David on multiple occasions by throwing a spear, to which I'll just say, what if King Saul was your (laughs) father-in-law? You know, just, just like trying to kill him. And yet David honored him. And in time, God became that, became that king. We know the story of how he was in a place he shouldn't have been, how he committed adultery with Bathsheba. We know he staged a murder uh, on, the, on the battle lines and the drama even in his household. Like there was a lot, there was a lot that was going on for. But what I hear from King David in these few verses Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. You know what I hear in King David's voice? I hear a man who understands his need for God's grace and God's word and God's truth. And that if left to stand on his two feet, he understands he could fall. That he is, this, I love the word self-awareness. He understands how desperate he is for God and for his grace and for his truth. And from the glory of God in the heavens and the glory of God revealed in the scriptures, we see the word of God is piercing his heart in such a way that there is a response out of his life. And he says it in verse 14, which is powerful. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Like David just couldn't go on living life as usual in light of God's glory through creation. And for David, he couldn't just kind of go about life in in his own way. 
as he's been exposed to the authority and the truth and the power of the word of God. And that word had an effect on his heart to the point that he understands how desperate he is for God's grace and God's forgiveness and God's word and God's care to the point where he says, I want every word that I say and whatever I think and meditate on my heart to be pleasing to the Lord. In other words, to give God glory. To give God glory. Last night I was just having some fun with the fam and, and most time on Saturday nights we'll read the passage that we'll be walking through on Sunday morning and we read Psalm 19 together and I said, okay, quiz or quiz or question. And I said, uh, how many of us could say every word out of our mouth today has been pleasing and acceptable to the Lord? And the other question was, how many of us could say every thought that we have meditated on today has been pleasing and acceptable to the Lord? And let's just say no hands. <laughs> no hands were raised. Because we understand, like David, we too are desperate for God's grace and His Spirit to strengthen us and guide us. And the desire of our heart is that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be pleasing to the Lord, our rock and our redeemer, the one who rescued us. And so I would just encourage us in light of this word today, that maybe even when we say amen and we go out and we're like, oh my goodness, it's so hot. <laughs> May we be reminded of God's glory and that God has created and set that ball of fire in such a way as to give light to every person in the world to know that he's God. And then not only that, but we would never get over being in awe of God. When we closed our eyes and we thought back to those time and places, I, I think I mentioned this a moment ago, but it's almost like with each passing day, it's like we further understand the glory of God, even in the simplest things, the simplest ways. Let's never get over the awe of God. And not only that, but his word, we, may we treasure his word like King David. King David was like, give me all the piles of treasure in the world. I would rather have the word. I would rather have the truth, the precepts, the law, the testimony, the word of the Lord. Because two things last forever, the souls of people and the word of God. The flower fades, the grass withers, the word of God endures forever. Forever. And so perhaps it's even today a fresh commitment to the word. It's a fresh renewal according to the word. The Bible says that as we perhaps acknowledge maybe that our time with the word, and this isn't a legalistic thing. This is a, this is a grace thing. Like we get to open the word. We get to hear his voice. And he graciously responds to us as we draw near to him. Guess what? He draws near to us. And that the Bible says he will revive us. Maybe, you're, maybe you feel like you're crawling through a desert right now and you desperately need that refreshment. And God has told us that the word will renew and refresh us. So perhaps a commitment to the word, perhaps a fresh surrender to the word, but then also that we would be very careful not to allow our hearts to 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 give the glory to lesser things than the glory of God with our life. 
And that for David, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Oh God, oh Lord, my rock, my redeemer. God, may we live lives that bring glory and honor to you. May through our lives, and through our words, through our actions, through our reactions, like glory, the, the, the um, amazing, incomprehensible beauty of who God is be experienced and seen through the way we live our lives and bring hope to a world that desperately needs it. And I would also share that this word would also be always an invitation to the the person, the heart who may be far from God or may be open to God or may even be, um, you know, like, yeah, I, I believe in God, but yet you haven't begun that relationship with Jesus. That only through a relationship with Jesus can you be forgiven and can you have peace with God and can you live eternally with Him but live on mission for Him today. And so I just encourage you to hear the love of God pursuing you, not just in the creation, not just in the Word, but He has made known through His Word His desire for relationship with you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank You for the truths of Psalm 19. And Father, I am... We are humbled that in your amazing grace toward us, that God, you have revealed your glory every single day, every single night. God, preaching a message to the world of your glory. And yet, God, you did not stop there, but you have graciously given us your word. And you reveal your glory through the word, that it's through your word that we find renewal and refreshing, that your word is pure, your word is right, your word is truth, and God, I pray, Father, that we would be a, live with a renewed commitment to your truth and your word. God, may we not go about things in our own wisdom and our own plan, but we would treasure your word more than anything else, God. And as we do, your word lights the way. It casts light on the path that we're on and those decisions that would most glorify the Lord. So God, may we always consult your truth and your spirit's leading for those decisions that we make in life. And just throughout, God, knowing we don't live alone, we live in the grace and power of your spirit, the helper. Thank you, God, for the helper. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Your grace uh, is, is, is given upon grace, grace upon grace, like waves of an ocean. As soon as one pulls out, here's another one that pulls in. God, your grace truly is, is, is amazing. So God, may we be renewed with a fresh commitment to your truth. And God, I pray that we would want every word we say and everything we think about to be pleasing to you and that you would be glorified through our lives. And God, where we have failed, may we quickly, quickly admit and repent and rest in you. And God, I do pray, Father, if there's anybody here living apart from a relationship with you, that today would be the day 
of salvation, that they would hear the God who has revealed His glory in the heavens has revealed His glory through the Word and this extension and invitation to life and life to the full. The only way to have peace with you through a relationship with Jesus. God, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you to stand with me and... And this time we'll have pastors here. We'd love to pray for you. If there's anything we can pray for you about, the altar's always open. But I encourage you even making an altar right there where you're at and just being sensitive and yielded to the Holy Spirit and how He would lead you today. If you're here and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, we would love to talk with you, pray with you, show you the Scriptures. And let's give this time to the Lord now as we worship Him.